Hey gang, Wonder Rob here, and Shops here too. This podcast is part of the Geek So To Speak network. Visit GeekSoToSpeak.com for our full podcast lineup. Captain's Log, Stardate 99790.3. He's back. Q is back. And this time, there may be no undoing the damage he has done. Co-Captain Vactor and I, Co-Captain Schaff, remain steadfast on our continuing mission to recap and review Star Trek Picard Season 2 each week and share the latest Trek news. What's next for Picard and his courageous crew? Is Q's next trial for Picard a lesson or a penance? Tune in to find out more. Welcome back to Trechnological. My name is Shaf. I am co-captain of the USS Trechnological. Uh, my uh, my co-captain, if you will, my my podcast co-host with the most is Vactor. Uh, you may know Vactor from Vactor Loves Comics on Geek, so to speak, or you may know him from the Holdo Maneuver, which is a Star Wars themed podcast, or you may know him from the Sandbox Gamers podcast, which is all about video game playing and being a vidiot. Or you may know him from Seasons Change, or you may know him from Rant to the Future, or you may know him from Life. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, Vector? Excellent. Every week I'm looking forward to discussing Star Trek with my boy Shoff and with you, the listeners. That's right. I look forward to it as well. You know, we were really looking forward to this. We were hoping to record yesterday after work. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out. And and this is actually kind of a really important thing to remember about our podcast is we're just two hardworking dads. Uh, we've we've each got toddlers, and it's sometimes it's a struggle to to get in that recording time if if uh, your your baby is crying or she needs something or whatever he or she needs something. So. Um, so that happened uh, yesterday, and it was just a situation where we had to sort of like uh, obviously roll with the punches and, and, and find another time to record. So that's why we're recording on Saturday morning instead of Friday. Uh, the episode is coming out one day late, but it's still relevant because we're going to be talking all about Star Trek Picard. And there was a, a decent amount of uh, Star Trek news to get out of the way, too. So um, if you didn't know already, we are a spinoff of Geek, so to speak. We're a part of a podcast network. So um, we provide a short form Star Trek podcast. And then uh, Geek, so to speak, is the overarching umbrella of, of geek culture. Um, so it'll be your source for all things geek, uh, movies, TV shows, the occasional video game content that's not being discussed by the other spinoff show, Sandbox Gamers. And then if there's any Star Wars news or uh, Star Wars feature content, then you can always expect that on the Holdo Maneuver. So lots to listen to, lots to enjoy. Uh, we're just trying to give you so much to consume that you literally throw up geek <laughs> content. It's too much for your 
stomach to take in, but you can't help yourself. You just want it that badly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so thank you so much. If it's your first time uh, listening to Technological, we do hope you'll subscribe, rate us, review us. Um, we are on social media as well, and we'll get into uh, the social media handles and whatnot. But pretty much Trechnopod is where you'll find us on a lot of uh, those various channels. So, Vactor, I think we should get into some Star Trek news. Let's do it. Now, um, we've got a couple of articles for you today. The first one is related to a trailer that dropped. And this was <laughs> this was Paramount slash Star Trek getting real clever, real classy. <laughs> And, and jumping on the coattails of Star Wars and the Obi-Wan trailer that just got released, as well as any of the other Obi-Wan news. But the Strange New Worlds trailer uh, for the next Star Trek uh, series on TV uh, dropped. And it was about an I mean, I'm not sure how long the trailer was, but it's like it was a minute and a half. Yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely I would dare to say more of a teaser than anything else, because mm-hmm. um, it doesn't really give you any idea about the plot. But we do know a few things related to it. Obviously, we see Captain Pike, who the last time we saw Captain Pike, he was on Star Trek Discovery. And ah. he, um, uh, spoilers, not really spoilers, but spoilers for those that um, that don't know enough about Captain Pike and maybe don't watch Discovery. Even still, it's not really a spoiler, and I'll, I'll explain why. But um, Captain Pike, from the original series Captain Pike, he suffers like a grisly fate. Like... And in Discovery, he actually gets a glimpse of what his future will be like. And and so that kind of sets him on this depressed path. And that's why at the beginning of this teaser trailer, he's kind of in a glum state. He's grown a beard. He's living out on some like uh, uh, cabin in the middle of nowhere riding horses and stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so that's like him sort of responding to this information that he got this like foresight about what, you know, his fate will be. Um, and, and that's sort of like the jumping off point, but we also have more adventures of the original crew minus Kirk because Kirk was not yet captain at this point. Uh, so it's going to be the enterprise, which is really cool. We're nice. going to see the enterprise on, on screen again. Um, and, and one thing that's really cool about this factor that I was, I was looking into is it's going to, we were talking about this last week about how shows, Star Trek shows typically are now more, uh, they follow some overarching storyline, right? Like the series, if you're, it's harder to get into because it's not approachable like that anymore. It used to be like episodic. Yes. Um, and so if you missed an episode, it, it didn't necessarily really affect you in terms of like the character development and this or that there wasn't like truly like a season long arc, but this show is going to be hearkening back to the old days, which was an episodic format. So now strange new worlds is going to be like that. So I think that's really, really cool. Um, you're getting the, the classic USS enterprise. So you're going to get a lot of uh, uh, homage to the original look, the vibrant costumes. <laughs> um, and honestly, I think Anson Mount as Captain Pike, he's excellent. He's yeah. awesome. So you know, I'm really looking forward to this. My P- Captain Pike history is really just gr- uh, Bruce Greenwood in the J.J. Abrams um, Star Trek. So right. I don't have yeah. a whole ton of knowledge or history with the character uh but i'm excited to explore this strange new world uh come may 
And it's actually coming out before the Obi-Wan show. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because I think when I found out that Obi-Wan was going to be coming out soon, I assumed it would be out on May the 4th. Yeah, right. And then they were like, no, we'll do it on May 25th because it's an anniversary date of when New Hope came out yes. in the theaters. But um, but now it seems like they would have been better off doing it on the 4th yeah. <laughs> just to sort of get the one up on Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the trailer and my wife enjoyed it too as someone who is, she has a mild interest in Trek and she wants to learn more. Um, so just by watching the trailer, she's like, Oh yeah, that's something I would watch. That's that, that show looks good. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to it. We got, we get more Spock. Um, and, um, I'm blinking on the guy who played Spock in the, uh, discovery version, but obviously he's going to be playing him again in, in, uh, strange new worlds. And he was excellent too. Uh, thankfully he's got the beard gone. So he's not a bearded Spock anymore. Ethan Peck. Not that we don't like bearded Spock, but clean cut Spock is the way to go. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, The other bit of news that we got this past week is actually related to video game content. So one thing I introduced of Actor 2 the other day was Star Trek Online. Have you had a chance to get into that? I set up my character, uh, but that was as far as I was able to get to. I, I really want to uh, play some more and play with you. Yeah, that'll be fun. Did you um, did you choose anything besides like a human species? I want to say I was looking at Vulcan, but yeah, I ended up going human. Okay, I went Ferengi just to be like weird and different. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I kind of want to be short. I want to see what it's like to be like a short captain. (laughs) So, so I went Ferengi. I can't remember what I named him. It was probably some like Ferengi version of Shaf. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, um, the other bit of news is, is a Star Trek video game that's going to be coming out. We got a gameplay trailer, uh, and this is an article that came out like four days ago, but it is um, from a team of former Telltale developers. Uh, the game itself is called Star Trek Resurgence, and it's heavily involving Spock, um, and it's also set in the year 2380, which is the era immediately following the Star Trek Next Generation movies. So... Um, but it's going to be focused on, uh, a lot of like dialogue tree type stuff. And I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. It, it, the trailer, did you watch this gameplay yes. trailer? Mm-hmm. It, to me, it was, um, I hate to say it a little bit boring. Mm. Uh, I, I guess it's going to differ from most telltale games in the sense that it's, it will not be an episodic thing. It's going to be released as a single large story. Um, but there was like seven minutes of gameplay. Uh, there was like six different choices of, of like ABC uh, responses you could make in the conversations that they showed. Uh, there's apparently going to be two playable characters and you'll switch between them. Um, but I mean, the fact that it's Star Trek makes me want to play it. So I'll do that. But it's it's a narrative adventure game featuring dialogue choices, relationship building and exploration. So um, have you actually shot? But if. Go ahead. Have you played any of the Telltale games? Uh, you know, it's so <laughs> this is like deja vu. I was recording with Wonder Rob last night for Geek So to Speak, and he asked me the same question if I had played any Telltale games. And I was like, I know I've played the Walking Dead game, and I played the Back to the Future game. Yes, nice. 
um, I thought I had played a Star Wars game, but I guess they haven't made a Star Wars game, but it is in, in production right now. They're working on it. The one that, um, as far as I know, the only sci-fi one they're working on is The, the Expanse. That's the, um, the current one that they're working on. I don't know if they have the Star Wars license. I don't know what the, you know, the, the contracts behind that are. Um, but yeah, I haven't gotcha. heard anything about Star Wars. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, so it looks interesting uh, for uh, Star Trek fans, Trekkies, Trekkers out there. If you haven't had a chance to check this out, look up Star Trek Resurgence. Um, it was first revealed at the 2021 Game Awards. And uh, so we got a little bit more information just this past week. So as we as we learn more about this, we will certainly keep you posted. And, and once it becomes a game that we can play, maybe we'll uh, uh, try to set up a Twitch or, or get up, uh, certainly get some gameplay videos up on uh, YouTube. And yeah, like that, you know, so. I wonder if, because it's not Telltale, but it's from some of the guys who worked at Telltale. There was a feature called Crowdplay that they had on the Telltale games where you could play with other people. And whether it's in person or on Twitch, you know, people calling in and they get to vote on what choice you should make. And whoever, you know, had the most votes, that's the choice that it went in. That's hopefully this has something like that. And we could play online with people and have people tune in and say, oh, yeah, I want them to go this way. Um, that might be Yeah, fun. that would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah, I feel like whenever I'm presented with those dialogue options, I play it too safe all oh. the time. I play it way too safe because yeah. I'm like, I don't want to like really mess up my my progress here i don't want to make people hate me (laughs) (laughs) so i'm just a lowly cadet i I need to build up my rankings (laughs) so yeah uh so yeah but anyways this is supposed to be out later this year it's available on or going to be available on pc on the epics game epic game store so uh more information about that is on star trek hyphen resurgence.com now We've got the Star Trek news out of the way. It's time to get into our recap slash review of Star Trek Picard, the uh, second episode of the second season, which was titled Penance. Uh, so, Vactor, first and foremost, before we get into like anything else, of course, we want to let our listeners know, spoilers, um, if you haven't had a chance to watch this episode, um, please do so first. We don't want to spoil this for you, but definitely come back because we'll have a great discussion about it and you don't want to miss that either. So... Um, what did you think of this episode? I loved it, and I cannot wait for the next episode. At the very end, I thought it was going to be a commercial break, and when the credits <laughs> rolled, I was like, what? No, you yeah, left me hanging. Yeah. I really felt, so obviously we're going to kind of be jumping around on the plot, but I really felt that the way they ended it, I thought for sure that they were building up to the ending would have them actually travel back in time. Right, yeah. That's what I was but, thinking also. yeah. But uh, there was so much they had to do, so much legwork to get to that point that right. I, by the end of it, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, they didn't want to rush this. So, um, but the, the story feels very focused. And this second episode, dare I say, w- better than the first episode, because um, it felt like it was more intense the entire time. Like it, there was no real lulls that every scene had was interesting and, and different probably because we're seeing these characters put in this like really off putting, I don't want to say alternate timeline, but that's what they think at least at first, right. It's an alternate timeline. So also I think because we already did the legwork and it's like that with movies also, 
once you get the origin story out of the way, a lot of times the second movie is more exciting because you're not having to bring everybody and introduce everybody to everything. That's like with the first episode, it was, all right, we got to explain where is everybody? What are they doing? How do they get back together? The second episode is like, all right, they're here. These guys, everybody's ready. Uh, although we had to kind of pick up what what happened to each one of those guys. So we had an, almost another origin of how do we get everybody back together? But it it's moved. True. Yeah, it just moved. It, it was so much more, um, the pace was just so much faster. And I think to its uh, credit, because the first season of Picard, as much as I like it, it was very slow. And there was a lot of kind of getting to places and exposition and things. Whereas with this one, I feel like I'm already in the world of Picard. I already know what's going on. And I just, the first two episodes, I think, and you, I think you said this to me maybe offline. I think the first two episodes are better than the entire first season of Picard. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, th- man, this, what's interesting to me about this episode is like you said, that you have to kind of k- get caught up on where everyone is. I feel like the logic of where everyone is, is a little bit difficult, like in terms of like, it's hard to accept, um, from a narrative perspective. And I'll get into that a little bit more and what I mean about that. But, um, but let's just kind of get into the the recap itself so we can kind of go through, obviously, uh, the, the episode begins. Uh, we find out that Q, and this is kind of what I had predicted, right? So last week, I, I didn't think that the, the, the ships exploded. I felt like uh, Q had intervened and stopped all of that from happening. And that's what he basically did. So he intervened. He scooped up Picard and his crew, brought them to this um, as we know it, an alternate timeline. Um, and this timeline is the worst. <laughs> uh, Picard is like a ruthless xenophobic general in the Confederation. I love, I love that like play on words Confederation. Uh, it's very clever. Um, and he's helped in the annihilation of just all these alien species. They talk about the Cardassians, the Vulcans, the Romulans, the Klingons, excuse me. And he's in pursuit of basically a pure galaxy. (laughs) It reminds me of, uh, Danny DeVito. I have to be pure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but he, uh, one thing that is repeated multiple times throughout this episode is the, uh, I don't know, motto, uh, or mission statement. A safe galaxy is a human galaxy. Um, we see Picard even has in his like uh, on his chateau in one of his rooms. He's got a room devoted to weapons and skulls of people that like he's killed along the way. Yeah. Um, and these are skulls. These are nice little Easter eggs of characters that we know from uh, previous shows or movies or whatnot. So Gul Dukat, his Cardassian skull is there. General Martok. Uh, Klingon skull, and then Sarek, Vulcan uh, daddy to Spock, is is dead too. So just wild, wild. It was when it, when that scene was happening, I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, that was it. Was funny because I got half of them, and then the other half, I was like, I know if I was a if I knew more uh, Star Trek lore, I would know every single one of these. Um, so I was happy that they had that in there, and the Ferengi skull. It was like are the ears bone or are they cartilage? Like that was interesting to see all the different uh, anatomies of the different skulls. Oh yeah. I wish, 
I could have like just gone into that set and just like looked at everything on the walls because they like scan by so fast. Yeah. Right. Um, there was even apparently like a nod to Star Trek Discovery and uh, one of the like Klingon like armor suits and such like that was reminiscent of that too. So that yeah. they were really trying to bring everything together, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and also interestingly enough, the current season of Star Trek discovery has referenced Picard a few times. Ooh. Uh, so even though like discovery ha- was already on the air, like, I don't know, a few months ago, it started his, its fourth season. Uh, like they were referencing stuff happening at the end of Picard. So it really felt cohesive. It was kind of cool. Nice. Um, we find out that Picard is now, he's got Romulan servants uh, he, instead of, I'm sorry, he's got Romulan slaves instead of servants. Right. Uh, L- Laris, um, who he may or may not want to bone, <laughs> is uh, is dead in this timeline. So uh, he's not going to get a chance to <laughs> Poor Picard. <laughs> yeah um but this guy's he's probably got uh, a love slave somewhere oh yeah yeah he's not hurting <laughs> he's not hurting for for attention no definitely not <laughs> um he's totally changed up his his favorite drink in this particular timeline too goodbye earl gray hot hello <laughs> colombian roast black yeah that was a funny <laughs> uh picard twist that's what i like about Alternate timelines or mirror universes, I like the juxtaposition and saying, this is a character we know so well, so when they flip it and have something like that, something that's a, a Picard staple, it's just a fun thing for the fans. It's so true. Like, how many other characters do you just know right off the top of your head what his favorite drink is? Right. You know, like, right. that's rare. Like, right. to know somebody so well, to know a character so well that you know that. Um, so that's great that they are able to flip that on its head. Yeah. Um, we find out in the episode that it's eradication day in this particular timeline. And that means that sort of a, a celebration of all the species they've killed and they have plans to kill another one, another species and eradicate them from the galaxy. Um, we find out that as we start to pick up the pieces of where people are, Seven of Nine wakes up and she's conveniently got her hand covering where her Borg implant would be as she wakes up. And we find out that she's no longer a Borg. She's a president. She's (laughs) the president of the Confederation, Annika Hansen. Uh, No more Borg implants. And she's married to, um, I don't know what his name is besides being the chief magistrate, but he's a real snively little dude. Like... (laughs) Um, as soon as he came on screen, I was like, what is this odd job? Is this odd job? I was like, slappers only? No. <laughs> Who throws a shoe? I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just um, exuded sliminess when you saw him. Yeah. And actually, for some reason, I was just watching that Netflix movie, The Adam Project, and there was a guy in there that I thought was the same actor. And was playing. I thought the same thing. Yeah. And and I didn't know if that made me racist or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had the same thought. Um, okay, good. But it was you a know similar what? Strength in numbers. Strength in numbers. <laughs> it was a sn- similar snivling, sn- snively character. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was like, why would she marry him in this universe? What did he do? Um, and was she the first character that we saw have the same memories? Because we knew with Picard that he had the same memories, but. 
Right. Was was Annika the first one that was not aware of this new timeline, I think? I think so. Yeah. yeah she's the first one we see. Yeah. Um I I she's she quickly picks up on it though. Like right. she's really fast and, and moves on her feet really well because she's just like scanning through the the computer terminal and she's like, I need to talk to you. And she like swipes a couple of times and she sees Cristobal Rios's name and he's a colonel uh, fighting in the Vulcan war. And she's like, I need to talk to this guy, Colonel Rios. So, um, so she really like was able to like think on her feet pretty fast. Um, we also got some cool Easter eggs. So at one point when seven is like, I need to talk to, you know, uh, somebody in the military, and the chief magistrate is like, well, dear, he says dear, like every five seconds in this episode, dear, um, <laughs> I can get General Cisco on the line. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, are we getting Avery Brooks? <laughs> that would be great. I was so excited. Yeah. Which I was just showing my wife the first episode of Deep Space Nine earlier this week. And just I remembered how much I love Avery Brooks and his voice and his delivery. So oh, yeah. yeah, that would be great. I would love that. Oh my god, it's not too late. I mean, who knows who, what other characters they'll bring in uh, from, whether it's Deep Space Nine or original, uh, or not. I'm sorry, not original. Uh, Next Generation, things like that. Uh, so yeah, so we catch up with Rios, and he realizes that he's piloting uh, La Serena, uh, his ship from the original, the first season of Star Trek Picard, um, and. So that's cool to see him back on that ship. Yeah. Uh, but in this version, he's gunning down uh, Vulcan ships. Hey. He's at, like, the, the front of the war, the Vulcan war, just annihilating Vulcan troops. So just crazy. <laughs> um, the uh, We continue to uh, sort of unravel with more crew members becoming aware of the circumstances. Uh, we see Elnor. He's now this like rebel guy. He's an insurgent. He's part of this like terrorist group. It's an op- opposition of the Confederation. Raffi is some kind of chief of police. And this is when I was talking about how like the logic of where people end up, this kind of bugged me a little bit. So it makes sense to me that that Elnor and Raffi would theoretically end up sort of in the same spot, I guess, because they were on the Excelsior ship and that was not on the Stargazer ship when, when Q snapped everybody away. Oh, right? right. So I guess it would make sense for them to be close, but the fact that they are legit, they, they come into contact with each other within 30 seconds, <laughs> within 30 seconds of becoming aware that they're on this timeline. Right. They're in each other's paths. Like that to me was just way too convenient. Yeah. Uh, from a storytelling perspective. I didn't think and about that. And then it doesn't really, like, if, if you want to say, okay, well, they were on the same ship. Well, that doesn't hold up in that logic when you're looking at it from the standpoint of uh, Gerardi, uh, Seven, Picard, Rios. They were all on the same ship together on the Stargazer, and right. yet they did, ended up in various points. Like, And they certainly haven't, at this point, they haven't connected with each other yet. Mm-hmm. So to me, it just felt... Like they were, we need to get these people together. We don't have a whole lot of time. Let's just put them in the same spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something that maybe if it was in animation or something where there was like unlimited, you know, whatever they could put them. Um, I think they could, they could think about that a little bit more logically, but yeah, I, I'm with you. It doesn't make sense when you, when you pull back the curtain and think about it. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, we do get uh, caught up with Gerardi. She's performing experience on uh, experiments on none other than the Borg Queen, uh, which is really cool. Although I gotta say, I'm a little bummed that we don't have Alice uh, Kriege back from uh, First Contact. I know that we have had this is actually the third person to play the Borg Queen, but um, it, just for me, the 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 chemistry between uh, Picard and Borg queen from first contact. Like that would have been really great to build off of. Yeah. So it's, it's a shame they couldn't get that to happen, but it's still great to see the Borg queen and see the Borg queen. Like we're used to seeing the Borg queen, not how she appeared in episode one. Right. Yeah. That was, um, uh, definitely some nostalgia when I, when I saw that I was like, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and honestly, I got, dare I say Borg queen, sexy, sexy. Wow. I'm going to say it. I, I'm finding I out new quirks about Shaw. Every time we record, <laughs> there's something new. And she's just a torso. <laughs> hey! <laughs> we can't even have too much fun. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> assimilate me. Wow. Resistance will not be futile. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is it too early for that? It might be too early for that. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, quick uh, shout out to Patton Oswalt, who basically provides voiceover for anybody who's willing. And I'm <laughs> so proud of that. Um, but he plays the voice of this digi pet <laughs> named spot 73, which uh, for those that know data used to have a cat on next generation named spot. Yeah. So, yeah. When uh, I heard his voice, I was like, wait a minute. He's done like Marvel stuff. He's done DC stuff. I don't know if I've heard him in star Wars yet, but now he's in star well, Trek. It, he definitely predicted the Mandalorian's oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> debut <laughs> or not that Mandalorian, uh, Boba Fett's yeah, debut. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a, so, an ultra nerd, ultra geek. He, he's got such an iconic voice too. Yes. Such an iconic yeah. Voice. Well, uh, he was Remy the rat in Ratatouille. That's what I always That's think right. when I hear his voice, but now he's Modoc on the Modoc show. Um, but yeah, I, I always love whenever I can hear his voice. Cause like you said, it's, it's distinctive. You know who it is as soon as you hear it. Yeah, it's so great. Um, okay, so Allison Pill, who plays Gerardi, she's dialed up the comedy in this season, and I love that. I so love her character. I, I hope they keep that like that because she's so bumbling. She's so uh, casual, and a lot of people are kind of stuffy sometimes on Star Trek or more just like by the book, very technical jargon and all that stuff. And and she, the way she just rolls off stuff, it's almost like she's improv Like it feels too natural, the dialogue. So it's really good. Um, Borg Queen sort of is real frazzled. Uh, obviously, we find out that I guess the Borg Queen has some kind of ability. She's a trans-temporal awareness. She can hear echoes of the past, present, and future. And that's how they know that there's. it's not an alternate timeline. This is their timeline. It's just a divergence in time that happened back in 2024. So... Picard's like, oh, well, we need to do some time traveling then. It's like so easy. We, we got to time travel. That's the problem. We got to go back in time. Yeah. You guys got a time machine? Oh, no. Oh, that's okay. We'll just slingshot around the sun. Kirk did it a couple of times. That <laughs> I is, was laughing. I yeah. was like, well, that's, I'm excited about this because I love the slingshot maneuver. I think it's so clever and fun. But, um, if it was weird to me that Picard didn't even mention that they themselves went back in time when taking on the board, like <laughs> I was like, that's a little more recent. Yeah. 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 That's funny. 
uh, what's going on there? Why don't you remember that? Yeah. Um, also, uh, I don't factor. I don't know if you caught this, but when Picard approaches the Borg Queen, there's this musical cue, and it is the exact music lifted from Star Trek First Contact Ooh. score of involving the Borg. It's like this. Oh. It's so like menacing. I love nice. it. It's um, so seeing that and, and witnessing that, that was a really cool moment. Nice. Uh, they know they need to go to Los Angeles, 2024, seek out the watcher. <laughs> um, they try to beam up to the La Serena ship so that they can go ahead and begin this process. They're trying to get the board queen out, but because of eradication day, there's, uh, the whole thing is locked down. The whole building and everything is locked down. So they're going to have to sort of buy some time and uh, and uh, improv their way through this. So um, there was one moment Gerardi says, as you were, after like this big, long uh, ex- explanation to the chief magistrate, just like lying up and down. And I thought of you, Vactor, because... <laughs> You always say, as it were. And, uh, <laughs> so I was like, Gerardi and Vactor, they're in <laughs> on this together. <laughs> um, really interesting, though, before we see the celebration, like eradication day, like ceremony, we see a brief shot of the exterior. And there's a projection of a person by the name of Adam Sung. Uh, and they're saying a safe galaxy is a human galaxy. That character, I'm, I'm thinking is going to be a much bigger deal. That character might be somebody or at least somebody in that lineage is going to be a character that we encounter in 2024 uh, uh, mm. when they do go back in time. Because the character of Sung, uh, if you recall, is that's the, 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 the lineage of people that made data and okay. the synthetics. So N- like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I feel like there's more to this character. Plus, it'll be played by Brent Spiner. Um, so I feel like we are going to see this character in some more capacity. I think that was just a nice little brief sprinkling of what we're going to get more of. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Star Trek got kind of vicious in this episode. I've never seen anybody slit someone's throat on Star Trek before. Oh, but yeah. That happened yeah. a couple of times. <laughs> so yeah. that was wild. And I was like, I guess because... This is a, you know, this timeline is going to be lost and changed. I don't have to worry about everybody getting killed. I don't, because these are like, you know, the equivalent of Federation guys. <coughs> yeah, um, it's true. So I was like halfway, half of me was like, yeah, get him, Elnor. And then the other half was like, wait a minute, should I be rooting for their deaths? <laughs> but all right, these are disposable guys. It made me think of um, in Austin Powers, there's like that after credit scene where it picks up with like the wife of, uh, the guy who gets uh, bulldozed, basically, <laughs> or steamrolled. He gets steamrolled. Right. And uh, she's like, no one ever thinks about the lives of the families of henchmen. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So they eventually do escape the ceremony uh, with the Borg Queen in tow. They get up to the, the La Serena. They're plugging her into the ship. And uh, before the episode ends, they get boarded by the chief magistrate and his security detail. And they're all held at gunpoint. Eleanor gets shot by a phaser blast. And uh, and that's that's where we're at. Just epic. Epic. I mean, it's great that they all got back together. It wrapped up pretty nicely. Where this goes from here, I'll tell you what. I don't think the chief magistrate is surviving the next five minutes of <laughs> episode three. It was uh, a perfect I, cliffhanger ending for me. Like I told you at the beginning, I wanted more immediately. I was like, where is it? Where is it? Where is episode three? Where's the next one? 
I know. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, I love being able to binge a show. I also like the suspense of waiting for the next one. Yes. But when a show is so good, I do not want to wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Don't a, make me wait. It's a double-edged sword because we get to talk about it, you know, week to week. We get to have this water cooler conversation. And I feel like that makes me more engaged in the show. It makes me feel like I have more of a stake in it versus a binging show where I'm not talking to people. I'm not saying week to week, hey, this was, you know, this was all the things I liked about it. This was things I didn't like about it. You're just consuming it on your own pace and you just don't have that. So yeah, I like, I like me and you discussing week to week. Oh yeah. I'm a big fan of that too. Uh, What I wanted to make a brief mention to before I get the track term of the week and we close out our episode, um, something of note, the, the year 2024 is kind of a big deal in Star Trek lore, uh, especially if you know Deep Space Nine. So um, my computer, of course, is choosing now to be a <laughs> funky, funky thing. But uh, yeah, basically, uh, 2024 is really important to Star Trek because this is what time when uh, there was these things called the bell, the bell riots named for their instigator, Gabriel bell. Um, This is a dark time for America. There's a lot of social upheaval, Um, but Ben Cisco actually has to uh, take over the, the, the persona of Gabriel bell because he ends up going back in time and he interferes in the storyline and accidentally gets the real Gabriel Bell killed. So, so uh, Cisco is in this timeline. He takes on Bell's persona, places and and his place in history. Um, but it's a it's a difficult time. There was this uh, uh, a lot of brutality, a lot of uh, poverty, um, lots of. Uh, slums basically. So, and this was in San Francisco. So it'll be interesting because they're still basing it in Los Angeles versus San Francisco for where they're headed to. I wonder if they'll, they'll touch on that. If Mm. there's going to be some aspect of, um, sanctuary districts and just the, what earth was like in 2024. So, um, so for, uh, you know, fellow geeks out there and, and, uh, Trekkies and Trekkers, uh, beyond, Keep it, keep your eyes peeled for season for not season three for episode three because I've I fully believe that there is going to be some reference to this because it's hard to ignore what what has already transpired on on TV for twenty twenty four. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm hard to ignore twenty twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so yeah. <laughs> now let me grab my uh, Star Trek encyclopedia. Vector, are you excited for Trek term? of the week. Cause I don't even know what it's going to be. This one we're going to pick randomly. Oh yeah. This is my favorite part of the show. When Shaw picks his Trek term of the week, because not only am I learning, but you, the listener are also learning. <laughs> All right. So, um, <clears throat> last week it was stargazer. Week before that was Morn. Uh, give me, give me a letter. B. B. Yeah. Okay. Ah, ooh, very good. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. We landed on the SS Botany Bay. Ooh. The Botany Bay. Now, if you're a Trek fan, ideally you should know what the Botany Bay is. But if you don't, I'm going to give you a brief synopsis. The Botany Bay 
is an ancient DY-100 space vessel that was launched from Earth in 96. The Botany Bay was a sleeper ship carrying the former dictator Khan Noonien Singh. That's right. And his followers who had escaped from Earth after the terrible eugenics wars. The Botany Bay traveled for 300 years. All the passengers were in uh, like suspended animation. And it wasn't until they were discovered near the Mutara sector that uh, that was the Space Seed episode, the famous Space Seed episode, which is why, which is where the Wrath of Khan comes from. Nice. Uh, they they sort of built off of what happened in that, but in that Space Seed episode, Khan takes over the Enterprise, and uh, by the end of the episode, Khan ends up getting marooned on SETI Alpha Five, <laughs> or so we think. Yeah, he ends up on SETI Alpha Six. And then all that stuff goes down. But then there's revenge is a dish best served cold. It is very cold in space. (laughs) (laughs) From hell's heart, I stab at thee. For hate's sake, I spit my last breath at thee. (laughs) So many quotables. Let's see if I, uh, from uh, he tasks me. He tasks me and I shall have him. I'll chase him round the moons of Nibia and round the Antares Maelstrom <laughs> and round Partition's flames before I give him up. God! Anyways, one of these days we'll review The Wrath of Khan because we've got to. But, um, <laughs> but until then, uh, I'll just have to keep quoting it. <laughs> uh, Vactor, any final thoughts? Yeah, like I said, this one really hooked me at the end, and I'm very excited to see what comes next. These first two episodes have been action-packed so far, and it's the perfect time to be hosting a Star Trek podcast with Shav. That's right. Totally agree. Uh, Co-Captain Vactor, thank you so much for for being with me today, and uh, Trekkies and Trekkers beyond, thank you for listening. Um uh, if you're looking to find us individually on social media, of course, you can find our podcast uh, at TrekNoPod on Instagram and Twitter. But if you're looking for me, you can find me, uh, ShoffVO, S-H-O-F-F-V-O, for voiceover, uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and Fiverr, because I am a freelance voiceover actor. Uh, additionally, we've got Vactor on Twitter and Instagram. Pretty much wherever you're going to find him, he's going to be Vactor. So at V-A-C-T-O-R. Uh, we're part of the Geek So To Speak Network, as we said. Our The uh, parent podcast, if you will, Geek So To Speak, is a geek news podcast, a, a weekly one that um, we get into all things movie, TV shows, and we uh, uh, scrape the content that uh, that is also covered by our sister podcast. That's uh, Holdo Maneuver for Star Wars, Sandbox Gamers for video games, and, of course, us, Technological for Star Trek. Visit www.geeksotospeak.com for more details. Uh, you can also throw in a slash network. That'll bring you right to our network page. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Next week, of course, we're continuing our discussion of Star Trek Picard. We're going to pick up with, with episode three. We can't wait for this episode. Um, mm-hmm. We might have to kill someone to get it sooner, <laughs> but we'll, we'll do what we have to. Uh, so yeah, Vector, that's, uh, that's all I got for you today. A little bit longer episode, but there was a lot of geek news, a lot of, uh, Star Trek news. So, yes. you know, you do what you got to do. Oh yeah. Uh, so with that, I think, uh, Trekkies out there live long 
and prosper. And uh, Vactor, two to beam up. Two to beam up.